Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs wanting to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. I'm an expert in performance and mindset, supporting business owners to create exceptional results in life and business. And I achieve this through coaching, training, speaking, and my online programs. I started this podcast to discover how other thought and business leaders create and enjoy success and to identify the common strategies and techniques, as well as the mindset they have adopted to live their version of exceptional. My aim is simple. It's for you to learn and implement the valuable lessons shared in these episodes. You deserve to live and enjoy an exceptional life, but in order to achieve this, you will need to adopt new strategies and ways of thinking to accomplish your goals. Now, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to make sure you don't miss any of these brilliant episodes head over to jeffnicholson.co.uk to register for my Kick Mediocrity in the Nuts newsletter, as well as all you need to know on how to connect with me on social media or join the Facebook group. Now, on with the show. This episode is brought to you by SalesFlare, the super easy to use CRM for small businesses selling to B2B. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So we've got another great guest lined up for you. But before we do that, don't forget that my new show, Kick Mediocrity in the Nuts, will be starting in the next couple of weeks. So keep your eyes out for that. And if you're interested in getting any information, um, just head over to kickmediocrity.com where you can sign up to the newsletter. So our guest today, Melanie Curtis. Now, Melanie has been a guest on the show before. She's a coach, speaker, author, podcast host, and professional skydiver. As a leader and influencer in both skydiving and professional development, Melanie has been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, Thrive, Global on CBS, Sunday Mornings, Master of Scale, and more. Melanie is also co-founded Highlight, an all female professional demonstration jump team whose mission is to inspire women and girls to live bold brave lives with their own design elevate gender equality and motivate social impact hi melanie welcome to the show hi (laughs) what's up jeff actually yeah i really should say welcome back because when we were talking before we hit the record button since uh, it's been 2017 when you came on I know it's been a bit. The a lot has happened since we last <laughs> I was spoke. Say, yeah, just a tad. <laughs> just a just bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> and that was before 2020. I know. Oh my gosh. Where to begin? Yeah. So for those who haven't heard um your backstory, could you give us a little bit of a uh, uh, a backstory of where where you've been, what you've done and how what's brought you to this point? Yeah, the super short version of my trajectory is I started in investment banking, I made the leap to my professional skydiving career. And then I made the leap again to my life coaching career. And now I have a, a sort of blended business with my skydiving work and my life coaching work and keynote speaking. So it's sort of taking that the, uh, all that I've done in professional skydiving and continue to do. And that underpins how I help sort of high achieving type A people and deliver keynotes to groups that are 
in that leadership sort of zone. I, I just love the fact you, you've actually found a way to merge skydiving and coaching. I know. Well, you know, facing fear is facing fear and, and how do we get through fear and how do we cultivate relationship and community and all of those things. It's so, it's actually quite resonant for so many of us skydiving directly is not relatable. I mean, very few people actually do it. Very few people jump out of an airplane. Maybe people will go do a jump here or there, but for the most part, very few people do it. But that's why when we look at it more deeply and we extract the insight from that experience, but from all of our experiences, that is where the where we can connect. That's where we actually get to connect with other people. And I know we're going to be talking about my book today, but that's, that is exactly what I do as a writer, you know? So my book is called how to fly life lessons from a professional skydiver. And it's basically an anthology of 11 years of a monthly column that I wrote for a magazine in the skydiving community, but it's, it's written from this premise of, of life coaching and of extracting this useful insight that is much more using skydiving as a metaphor so that people who aren't skydivers can read this and really also get value and insight for themselves. No, I mean, I think that's the, I think that's the amazing thing. I mean, what was the motivation behind it to write a book? Was it the fact that you've always had this desire to write a book? Was it because you wanted to elevate you to the uh, sort of that expertise level. What, what was that motivation behind it? Yeah. Yeah. I actually think I mentioned this in the last time we spoke, which is actually kind of cool because it speaks to this value driving why I do and why I express, but Elizabeth Gilbert, she's one of my main mentors. She wrote eat, pray, love. I read it in 2007 and I basically was like, Whoa, this is an example of a woman, of a person being courageously self-expressed. And in her doing that, I have been so supported. I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel known. I feel not alone in this world. It's, it was a huge deal. And so that gave me the driving value for why I write. So this is not just my column that then became my book, How to Fly. It's also every Facebook post that I write, every Instagram post that I write, every time I get on a Facebook live or do a YouTube video, it is underpinned by this idea of, I believe courageous self-expression is the avenue to my highest contribution to myself, others, and the world. And so the iterating, I think the key insight about the book is not that I sat down a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, I want to write a book. It's that I've been writing and I'm like, I think it's going to be really valuable to have this put together, collected in one space so that you can see and feel my evolution as a person, as a writer, certainly a professional skydiver, but really as a person. And, you know, you can tell like in the earlier columns, they're not, I mean, there's useful insight, don't get me wrong, but they're not as deep. They're more shallow. And you can really see that evolution of where I start to go in my writing. I go through my own hero's journey, my own breakdowns and breakthroughs and serious life challenges. And the, all of that is reflected on over time as I continued to write and show up in this way. It's, it's interesting because for you, so 
you obviously have this regular writing process that that gets you into that and over time you've practiced and as you said you've got you've got more deeper in your content and probably your craft has improved as well as you've done that what was the what for you is that is that writing routine do you have a specific time of the day that you do it or is it you set your environment up what what, how does that work yeah that's a great question because (laughs) man I laugh because anybody who's a writer knows that it is oh it is this it is torture (laughs) it is like you have to be genuinely committed or driven by something bigger because being a writer at least in my experience is tough the only reason I have the book that I have now today is because I had that deadline of the monthly column. Like, I don't think I would have written that. I don't think I would have had the, I just don't think I had the skills 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So I could do it now. I've written other books as well, but and I say books, I've, I've collaborated with a couple of my beautiful artist friends and we wrote a graphic memoir called With Our Whole Broken Heart. So we had to institute systems of accountability. We had to iterate and continue to show up. We had to work together. So you can do that individually or you can do that in a team of, of if you're working with a collaborative team, but you need some functional system of some kind that continues to make you show up. Right. And so if I take it into the more micro of the audible, audible book, that's a more specific execution of this project where, oh my God, same thing. I had to like legitimately say, I am committed to seeing this through no matter what happens. And there were major obstacles for that as well. I needed to find an audio editor and how do I trust this person? Who's, who am I going to work with? Okay. What is the hardware and the software that I need to use? Okay. I have my own podcast, but is that the right way to record this audible book? What is the X number of decibels? Ah, I don't know all those things. And having major ins- problems in that process where I, one day I, not one day, but I had recorded like six hours or like multiple chapters and realize something, just something strange happened with the software and none of it was usable. And it was such a, it was such a deflating moment. And it, it derailed me for probably a month where I just struggled, struggled to start recording again. But yeah, anyway, I'm sort of rambling, but getting myself to that place of, I am no matter what going to figure this out because I want this to be in the world. And so that's really what helped me continue to show up. But yeah, those systems really matter as well. Do you, do you find that your uh, discipline through skydiving helped with the writing? It definitely did. And I say the writing and the recording, because they uh, honestly, they're both really interesting parallel projects where there's this vision for this outcome, but you don't necessarily know how it's going to happen. 
Like I don't, I didn't, didn't know how to record an audible book. I actually, the first book that I ever published was sort of a quote book journal. It was called one positive thought can change everything. And I published that book because the idea of publishing how to fly was too much. Like I couldn't, it was always so stressful to me. Oh my God, my life's work. And I needed to learn the process of self-publishing before I could take this thing that really felt like me and my story and the depth of my sharing. You know what I mean? So I needed that building block. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, that makes perfect sense. And for, for you, what was the what was the the key learnings from you doing the book? I know I know you've obviously said the technology um, and and understanding that it's a diff, almost like a different skill set. For you, what was the biggest lesson in writing the book, but then transferring that book to the to the audio sphere? Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to pick one, honestly, but I'll give you a couple. One, one is in the realm of being out in the world of being, of putting something into the world for judgment where one of the, I actually think this also came from Elizabeth Gilbert. Goodness. I have other mentors other than her, but she, she mentions how once something is out in the world, it's no longer yours. It's, it's, it's now like you really can let go of it and let it do what it's meant to do, which may be different from what you think it should do, right? I might think people should receive my book or my audible book in a certain way, but I need to surrender and let go and it's going to be received. It's going to, people are going to resonate with it or not. These people that I think might resonate might not, but th- this other co- community and collective might really find it, it beautiful and can, and connect to them. So that's one, one thing that's big is to really be okay with it being in the world, surrendering to it being in the world. And secondly, it is to get help where you need it. I needed help with the audio editing and final preparation. I kind of had a little bit of skills, but in just really, not the level of skill that I needed to do a project like this. So I had to be brave and figure out who am I going to trust and be like, it might not work. I'm going to have to try and hire this person and see how they do. And if it doesn't work, then I'm going to figure out a different path because I'm committed to one, it being in the world and two, it being in the world at a certain level of quality. Those were my two parameters and so I, in hiring people. So I was going to say, it's, it's, it's interesting because that's what stops people putting blogs out and putting videos out or doing podcasts. Never mind something as, as massive as a book. It's, it's those limits, it's those, um, that realization that when you've written the content and you put it out, you're inviting people to have their own thoughts about it. Definitely. Definitely. I guess the other part of that then is, is how do you deal with the feedback? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, I, over time, being a person that is out there so much that has a blog that has, I don't know how many posts that has, 
you know, 15 years of attempting to be a life coach and writer and all this stuff and 26 or whatever years of being a professional, not professional for that long, but a skydiver for that long and being in this, this role, I think you just learn, you learn that, and this is one of my favorite sentiments that supports people who are creatives that feel compelled to have their voice in the world in whatever form they're called is if, if you don't have haters, you're not standing strongly enough for something. I, I love that because it's not that I want haters, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't enjoy it when people are hating on my stuff or, or saying whatever mean thing they might be saying to me for whatever reason they might be saying it. But I feel so grounded in my own values, in my own, my own deeper reasons for speaking that it feels bigger than any singular piece of feedback. You know, like I've done deep healing work of my own, which I talk a lot about in the book. I talk a lot about it in our, the podcast that I do normally, but that stuff matters. You know, that's what, why I can be out in the world and be less afraid because I've been cauterizing my soul to judgment and this type of fear for a long, long time. You know, I don't enjoy it, like I said, but I can handle it. And do you think, and, and do you think it's, it's, you know, as you say, as you're a skydiver, you're, you're a A-type personality. Do you think that helps as well? Or do you think that even people who are, you know, the other personality types, they can handle it as well if they're just, they just get used to that process and have better coping skills? Yeah, I definitely don't think it is because of type A. <laughs> the reason I say that is because if a type A, and this is, I work with a lot of type A people in life coaching and I formerly very much, I mean, still am, but was very type A, but without the internal fortitude and emotional grounding and emotional skills right? So if you have a type A personality and you're out there and you're externally achieving F yeah, I'm so awesome doing all these things and you have all this external success, that's really great. And that provides a certain level of security and confidence. But if it doesn't necessarily provide a real groundedness in terms of our emotional stability, you know what I'm saying? It does, it does in that lane of work, but it doesn't necessarily in every lane. And so I think anyone. And so I am much more, much more introverted than I used to be, Jeff. It's interesting to see how I used to be this, and I'm still very much love people. And I love when I'm with people and I need my time alone, but that doesn't, that doesn't seem to affect my calling for being a voice and being a create a creator. So I think a lot of people who are very introverted can have very powerful voices. Brene Brown is known to be a super, super introvert. And yet she's this phenomenal keynote speaker and phenomenal author. So, so yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with that. Okay. That's cool. So, so, you know, you've, you've had this fantastic experience. You've written the books, you you've done your audio book. It's out now. Um, what advice would you give someone if they were sitting there shivering in their boots thinking about crap i'm going to i really want to write a book but all of this things is going in the head where would you say start yeah that's a good question shaking in your boots oh <laughs> well first i would validate 
that is. I'm t- asking for me actually, <laughs> but good, I'll, I'll make good. it out there. Sure <laughs> I would say first validate that is totally understandable. It's totally normal. If we haven't done something or we haven't been seen or heard or known in a bigger way yet, of course we would feel nervous about that. You know, there's, it's an understandable feeling. So that's one, two, I would make sure to take off the rose colored glasses. Cause it's one thing to be like, I want to try and inspire you so that you can get off the, whatever, just get off the starting blocks. Right, Jeff. So we're talking to you We're helping you. I, I would want to inspire you to be like, you know what? It's understandable. It's normal. You can do it. Yada, yada, all this other stuff. But if I don't also tell you, yo, homie, it's going to be really hard and you're going to have for a while, you're going to have to be pressing through the rigor of what it actually takes to put a big creative project together. If you're not really committed and driven by something that you know will sustain you through that challenge, you, you will struggle a lot more than someone else. But everybody, even if you're driven by something really strong, you're going to struggle. So just be ready for that. Just be ready for it then you can know you're doing the right things when you're in the challenge versus going, I'm a loser because I'm struggling. And it's so much easier for Mel because look at her, she, her book's all out there. No, 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 no. She jumps out of a freaking Yeah, no. So she can do that. Yeah. Right. Like if you think it's easy for me, no, that's, I want to make sure that fallacy is removed. Yeah. But do you, but do you also think that the way, um, you know the the way the self development world is and everything. Perhaps they there's there's a huge amount of pressure because they are like well, you could write this in a weekend or you can you can do all of this stuff so quick. Mm-hmm. Do you think that puts additional pressure on people to think there must be something wrong with me? Yeah, if it's taking me a year and a half to do the conclusion. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's bullshit. Pardon my French, man. No, no. I think it's, I think, (laughs) I think it is not cool to have messages like that out in the world. I think certainly there are possibilities. I'm sure like Pam, our friend, Pam, she did have a really inspired spiritual moment with her book. And she wrote, it's not a large book, but she wrote a book in like a weekend. That is not the standard story. So is it possible? Yes. But the standard story is you have to grind because there's going to be resistances. You're not going to want to do it. You're not going to have inspiration. Being a writer is about getting in the chair and doing it. And I don't necessarily, you asked earlier, do I do it every day or what's my process? The deadline of the column was the thing, but I also would sit in my bed under the covers. I would have a TV show on so I wouldn't feel like I was working. It was like rigorous sometimes because I'm like, I'm not inspired. But then what I would do is I would just start writing about what was happening in my life. That's why now as a collection, it's a, it's a relatively chronological experience, but it depends. That's not always the project that someone's working on. So it will depend. Do you need an outline? Do you need what do you need? But please recognize it will be most likely full of, of challenges that you can't anticipate. Yeah. And if and just because you know someone that's written a book quick doesn't mean that's what you have to. Correct. It's about managing your expectations as much as everything else, isn't it? Absolutely. No question about it. 
As I mentioned, this episode is sponsored by SalesFlare. So do you have more work with your CRM than you can keep up with? While other CRM software expects you to fill it out manually, SalesFlare automates all of the data input for you. All you need to do is just head to salesflare.com and using the code SUCCESSIQ, you can get 20% off for the next three months. Join me and many other users around the world in using this automated and super easy to use CRM for small businesses selling B2B. Now, on with the show. Cool, cool. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to dive across to the second part of the show. And I know you've done this before, but (laughs) since 2017, I'm sure you have come up with other stuff and experienced new things. So um, we we will see. And then it'd be interesting to see if we look and, and go, well, what were the answers last time? Yeah. Um, so question number one, on average, how much time do you roughly dedicate to self-development a week? A week. Oh, my gosh. Roughly. Mm. doesn't have to be per minute. Probably probably 10 hours. A lot. Okay. okay. Maybe Do you more. have a favorite way? Is it reading, audiobooks, podcasts? Oh, God. If we're including audiobooks... <laughs> Yes, it's probably it's probably 25 hours. I listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts. I love I love bringing ideas into my space. I voracious for continuing education, but I actually love uh, apps that support your growth as well. Like I've actually, for my own health, I've been using the Noom app, which I really like. And I just recently, just recently found Bloom, which is based on cognitive behavioral therapy. And I was testing it out to see if it would be a support to my life coaching clients. And I'm loving that. So anyway, those are two suggestions on personal development that are easy access. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Um, Question number two, what book, and it could be any book, has made the biggest impact to your self-development or personal growth and why? Yeah. I mean, that is basically almost an impossible question. I want to say like 18 million titles because I love so much. I would, the first thing that comes to mind, one is Principles by Ray Dalio. I absolutely love that book. It's over 16 hours listening and I've listened to it more than once. It's phenomenal. The core message of radical candor, but also meaningful relationships and meaningful work. If that is Again, if we think about what are those things that are going to provide me energy and motivation when I am struggling as an entrepreneur, when I am in a slump or in a struggle or whatever, and I need some support, that kind of idea supports me. Meaningful relationships, meaningful work. It also helps me filter my decisions. So it's a big deal, that type of thing. On the personal development side, I want to say this really quickly is the body keeps the score. People should, everyone should read that. What's that book about? It is about how trauma is in, it is held in the body. And so if we're talking about, again, we go to this conversation of deeper healing and we, okay, we're a type A, we're achieving, we have goals and stuff. But if we're avoiding the pain that we're holding inside us, we're avoiding the old emotional hurts. And I'm not suggesting that's easy work because it is not. And usually you need professional teammates like therapists or just, uh, again, like professional teammates to help you do that work. But that, in my experience, is super important if we're talking about truly leveling up our impact or our contribution and 
getting to the depths of where our relationships and partnerships in business and in life can actually go. Yeah. I like that. No, that's, that's very, very true. Good. That's good. Answer. So who writes that? Do you know? Uh, best, uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Bessel van der Kolk. Okay. I'll take you with it. I'm going to, I'm going to search that one up. <laughs> Body keeps the score. Okay. Um, question number three is um what app makes the biggest impact to your business or personal life i know we've got newman bloom um but is there any others app that makes the most difference to my business gosh you know honestly i this sounds unsexy but asana my my gtd system i cannot possibly do the level of work it's just too much work. So I need to have an organizational system that has a technology component. I really like writing lists and stuff, but that just doesn't work when you have the volume of work and you're in a leadership role, you have staff, you have contractors. I, I need an organizational system that supports me. So I would say that. Cool. Excellent. Okay. Next question is what's your biggest business mistake that turned into a valuable lesson and what does it teach you? Oh, biggest business mistake. Oh, good question. What would I say now? I don't even remember what I would say in 2017. <laughs> it sounds like that sounds like so long ago. It does, yeah. <laughs> I would say, you know, I, I'd say it's in recent years. This was really painful, but I count myself as an ally to equality in all its forms, whether it is for racial justice or LGBTQ rights or women and, and all in all the ways that equality can be championed. I tend to be, I want to, I want to be an ally for those things. And so anyway, one of, I had a really challenging incident and I say incident, but it's probably the wrong word. I had a challenging experience where I was trying to be of service as a white person in a racial equity situation. And I, and I just didn't know enough to kind of make better choices. And it was an incredible learning moment uh, that has helped me grow in my understanding around what white allyship would look like in an optimal way, but also understanding that allyship in any form brings with it, oh, just you're gonna screw up and being okay with that. And so that, even though that was really, really difficult in the moment, I'm so grateful for it because now, as I, because one of the things I do now is I am the executive director of a nonprofit and I co lead the, our demonstration jump team that are championing these conversations. And it helps me meet those conversations with less fear and more depth in my own expanded experience around my own efforts, but also in the experiences other allies might, might come up against as well okay wow okay that's fantastic um number five what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them oh well here's the challenge the current challenge is and it's such a good problem quote unquote problem is that i am at that point in my career where i'm i have tons of incredible opportunity and so the challenge is what to say no to what to prioritize and 
how to not be kind of consistently buried under extreme workload. And so I speak to the organizational system again, but also my word for 2021 was outsource. And I did a pretty good job of that, like hiring people, building my team, getting my systems on the back end really much more dialed in. So that's the consistent challenge. I'm going to proceed with that into 2022. And my word for, for 2022 that I've just decided on is focus. And why I say that is I recognize that when I am spread so thin with so many different things that I can and want to put my energy into, everything suffers. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, very, very good point. Very good point. Um, question number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Oh man, well, there's so many things. I just want to give you all a hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, believe you, entrepreneurs need that a lot, especially when COVID. I want to give you a hug only because I feel you guys, man. It's entrepreneurship is this beautiful yin yang of terror and freedom, you know, freedom and terror. And so I am so deeply driven by freedom that I wanted to, and I felt motivated enough to build the skill set around the terror. And so I would say, I would validate people. I would say, be ready for the rigor and know that that's part of it and know that that is going to be how you build grit And it it is also what thins the field out because that's why so many businesses fail. Why so many people maybe start an entrepreneurial venture, but don't, don't go the distance as it were is because that adversity is a filtering. A lot of people don't make it through that adversity. So I would say, try to look at the adversity as like, yeah, this is what's up. This is my opportunity. Um, do you have any daily routines or rituals that make a huge positive impact to your day? Yeah, I meditate every day unless I just mess up and forget about it because I whatever. But for the most part, I meditate every single day and make sure to have that self-care sort of morning routine. So my morning routine isn't necessarily super strict, but there, but it exists and it is for me and it helps me start my day with that groundedness, but also with that sense of I am a priority, which I have burned out again, part of my mushroom cloud period and my hero's journey is, was supreme burnout. And so that taught me that like truly hear this all the time. And it sounds so annoyingly cliche, but this notion of self-care is, is actually totally hardcore. If you really think about it, like everybody can be like, Oh, I need to answer this email. I need to knit, hustle, 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 hustle. And I love Gary V just like the rest of the world. Most of the world. Anyway, I love him. And I recognize that the only sustainable approach for me in business and life and in my relationships and showing up as a friend and as a partner and as a, all of this stuff that I do, I need to make sure I'm getting the rest I need that I'm, that I'm getting the self-care that I need. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting as well. Cause I mean, I was watching, I was watching a YouTube video about Danish special forces the other day and they were, mm-hmm. they were, um, they were, they were meditating and you sit yeah. there and go, 
there's so many people out there thinking it's woohoo bullshit. But Ugh. if they're training the elite military units of the world to do that sort of stuff, to understand that breath is so important and staying yeah. focused is so important and, and that as much as they're doing it for a purpose, they're doing it as well because it gives them control to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. got to be a good reason behind it. Absolutely. Well, think about it. If we are constantly victim or constantly motivated by just our emotional charge, we are not in control of our decisions and we are not trustable people. We, we need to cultivate skills where our emotional response is not what makes our decisions, but our chosen and conscious values are. That makes us a trustable person of integrity, no matter what's happening, whether it's a global pandemic or someone breaks up with you or you lose your biggest client, you need to have a groundedness. And that is, that comes from stuff like that, where we are sitting with our thoughts and we're starting to cultivate the skill of having this observational ability of, oh, that's my emotional state. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. But that's not necessarily me. And I don't need to necessarily choose because of that. Right. Well, we are at the end. So. Yeah. Success. (laughs) Success IQ. (laughs) We give you the opportunity to share how we can get hold of the book or anything else, how we can find out more about you. Um, Please take it away. Um, The floor is yours. Uh, Thank you so much, Jeff. And thank you everyone for listening. MelanieCurtis.com is my website. Everything is there. My book, like I said, is How to Fly Life Lessons from a Professional Skydiver. That's also on my website. I'm most active on socials on Instagram. That's MelanieCurtis11. The the podcast that I do is TrustTheJourney.today for all of you listeners that are into other channels. But yeah, MelanieCurtis.com. That's where you can find everything. And I absolutely invite you to join my email list where I put out stuff that you don't get anywhere else. So thank you, Jeff, so much for having me. It is wonderful. I look forward for the, to the third time. Um, yes, I do too. Another book or a film or who the hell knows? Really. <laughs> but, um, who knows? <laughs> I'm wishing you the greatest success. Stay safe and stay well. Thank you. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening. And it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast. And that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.